0: everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of the Weird Era podcast. Uh, This is Alex and today I am not alone in the interviewing room.
1: Hi, it's Rudy.
0: Um, And yeah, we really wanted to do an episode where you guys got to know more about us and and who we are and how this project kind of came to be. So this is us just kind of looking behind the curtain or pulling the curtain back for everyone.
1: Yeah. Also potentially like getting a taste of our own medicine in terms of how we at times conduct our interviews with authors, (laughs) which we love. Truly it's a joy.
0: I think it will probably be less structured than (laughs) our interviews with authors. Um, But it should be fun. And we're going to interview each other a little bit, I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. That would be cute. Who starts?
0: I mean, I have structured questions because...
1: <laughs> that was that was sass. <laughs> that was shade. <laughs> Listeners, that was shade thrown at me. I didn't prepare questions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we talk all the time, also. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's true, I guess. I guess that's also why I wanted to do this yeah. episode was... Because we haven't had any interactions between each other on the podcast, so yeah. I think it's just interesting because we are really good friends. Yeah, we've we been, literally talk every day. Yeah, we've been friends for a couple years now.
1: Oh my God, has it been? What is time?
0: I mean, 2018 you came onto the
1: what? project?
0: Did we do a whole 2019 together? I can't remember now. 2020 was four years.
1: We definitely did an actual whole pandemic year together. And I think we did more than that. So that tracks.
0: That's true. You came in around your birthday.
1: I did, like a little bratty Libra. Yeah. I was like, hi, I'm here now.
0: <laughs> You're going to have a party for me?
1: <laughs> that is not true. That is not true.
0: <laughs> no, but we did have a party for you.
1: It was my actual birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I didn't like walk into the bookstore. <laughs> oh, yeah, <no. laughs> yes, we did have... I have very good birthdays. Yeah. Um, and... If I love you, you're invited. So it's he yeah. it, it was full of love, and it worked out. And it was uh, night market. I remember that clearly.
0: Yeah, it was. We had like
1: met, but that was my birthday party. Yeah,
0: yeah. I really can't remember if that was 2018 or 2019. It might have been 2019, for all I know.
1: Couldn't tell you. Yeah.
0: Um. Anyways, that's all to say. It feels like it's been years that Sruddy and I have known each other and worked together. And yes, so yeah, we're just kind of going to have fun, and I hope you guys have fun too.
1: Uh, okay, let's let's get into it.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, give me the history of Weird Era as a brand, because this Weird Era itself is your baby and is a project that we at uh, St. Henry Books had kind of approached you to join the team and somewhat absorb weird era but just so uh, tell me about that and what that moment was like and
1: it's a cool question it's a great question um because uh I don't know I like the answer the answer is that I have uh been working in publishing for you know a minute like I Mm. I really love books what's Um, a minute
0: give me like specific oh
1: god um like i don't know i was doing the young 20 year old thing where i was like freelance writing like whatever that means like that i wouldn't count in those years but at the same time you know you're you're still trying to work you're still trying to like Mm. i don't know be a part of of this world like i remember my first book review ever which i hope is like never googleable was for sheila hetty's how should a person be Mm -hmm. and I was a baby. I was a baby when I wrote that. So it feels like it's been a million years. But practically, you know, um, I got my first job at, at, at a publishing house. Oh, God, Alex, I'm so bad at years. I couldn't even remember if it was 2018 or not that you and I met. I mean, met.
0: that's true. Okay, fair enough. So a minute.
1: A minute. A minute. and um, And, you know, went from there and, like, went back to kind of working on different projects. I don't know. I read a lot. I started, like, posting pictures of books I read, <laughs> and people were into it. And I suddenly was, like, recommending books to people that I, like, knew well, like, mm-hmm. sort of knew, whatever. And I was writing at the same time. I don't know. And um, and the recommendation thing just sort of turned into a newsletter, which is when you guys approached me and were like, okay, we would love to actually house – the books that you feature, which is also really cool. Mm-hmm. Like shout out to you guys because I can at times make a point of recommending books that are like pretty old or hard to track down. Yeah. Um, but I think are like rich in experience. And like you guys, we, you know, within our means, go like but do go out of the way and like get those titles. And it's really, really cool, I think, to see that in like a contemporary bookshop. Like, you know, really just gorgeous titles that people may never have heard mm. of before. Um, and then that turned into a thing. I think also that Alex knows <laughs> and is maybe like <laughs> digging out of me um, is that I had a college radio show when I was in undergrad. I truly did at the Concordia campuses. Um, and I had to come up with a name for my radio show. And I was I'm still obsessed with Deer Hunter the band. And I sort of just like liked the name from their EP and that was it that became the radio show and then of course like you know i graduated and this and that but it kind of stayed my twitter handle the whole entire yeah. time oh, Yeah, yeah, Oh, um it wasn't like oh i'm 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 this i'm gonna make this a thing it just like all of these things happened um and i'm just lazy every time i came up with a new project and they were like think of a name i was like weird era.
0: (laughs) "Ah, I got one in my back I just love
1: it. I love it all the time. And you know, you always get the like, "Ah, weird era, like comments back. But like, I think it also resonates with people because people are just like, I don't know. (laughs)
0: Well, it's funny also, because I think people assume that it's in response to 2020. And the fact that we like, you know, literally live in a weird era. So we both get that a lot, like weird era, ha ha, nudge, nudge, clever name. But really it's, it's been that for years. I mean, I was also going to say that like, first of all, I love the fact that you had a radio show. It's (laughs) just, it brings pure joy to my soul. And I, I just imagine it so, um, like a sitcom, like it's just like a 90s sitcom where, like, Shruti is in university <laughs> and the, the TV show is called Weird Era, and like that's what the radio show is also called. And like, I don't know, what even was it? What do you, when you say radio show, like, was it you talking about books or was it literally just you playing music? No, like, no, the first
1: thing I wanted to do when I was like actually finishing my comms degree was I wanted to be a music journalist. So I was like legitimately. Okay. Yeah, well,
0: I was I, I mean, say, I knew that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I legitimately started just was a nerd who like was really into listening to records at the time mm-hmm. and so I started a radio show um and yeah it, it i remember having to write out like the proposal mm-hmm. they were like pitch it to us like we don't yeah. just give out shows to anyone and i remember being so annoyed i don't even <laughs> want to come up with a new name let alone like pitch a whole new thing i was like uh, let me think about this but there was and i kind of i also care a lot about stuff too much probably and i did think about it and then one day i was reading this interview between bradford cox and I don't know, it was like, what was the magazine? Like Fader? No, Under the Raider? I don't know. Something like it was like an in-print magazine, because again, big Deer Hunter fan. And he, in the interview, was talking about his obsess And if you've ever heard Deer Hunter music, like it's, mm. you know, like, I don't know, classically indie rock, um, but not really. Anyway, and um, it, he was talking about how he was obsessed with the first drum beats of uh, Baby Love, The Supremes.
0: Okay, okay. Just, you know, those first Mm -hmm. three drums.
1: And he was, like, looping it and looping it. And I remember in the moment being like, whoa, it's so cool. This very contemporary, like, artist um, has this, like, interest um, with this very kind of, you know, like, older music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to make a radio show that was, like, all about those different influences. I never did any of that. (laughs) It's a really hard theme to stick to. And I just played, like... Obsessed with Joanna Newsom, so I just play, you have to fill the hours. So I would just play her 15 minute songs back to back. Oh man, and get some CanCon in there. We actually learned a lot about a real cool music, actually, that way. I'm very grateful for it. Um, and had my friends
0: on. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I mean, that's just the best way to do it, also, yeah. right? Like, yeah, those are engaging conversations, yeah. But and to tie it back to current weird era and the bookstore and all that. Like, I think it was also such a good marriage of our two kind of brands because St. Henry books is curated. Like it's not a huge, huge selection, um, but it's extremely curated and it's like taken care of and you know, what's going in is going to be good. Um, So it was just like, yeah, of course we'll give her her own shelf. That's just, all the good stuff further and it's become just like intertwined with the collection now
1: i know anthony said something about it having like a life of its own or whatever at this point mm-hmm. it was really it was like he was just phrasing it that way and i it was very cool to think about um but you know yeah marrying brands we also got <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> we also got married I no, but you, when you are marrying like mm-hmm. two different um you know personalities in that way like I don't know. It's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. And then we just like, I don't know. You also have a way of speaking that suggests that you have like a theater background or something. You're very comfortable um, in conversation. We have that in common. Um, I think that's from your like years of just like impeccable customer service experience.
0: Yeah, that probably has <laughs> a lot to do
1: with. Yeah, that. yeah. Alex goes like, as a bookseller, he goes like... <laughs> above and beyond. Like, he's checking in on on you and your family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am, but that's, like... And that's always what I've loved about running a small business Mm -hmm. and, like, running a business in a neighborhood. Like, I love people, and I love interacting with people, and I really like interacting briefly with people. Oh! And so that really, really helps to kind of keep...
1: Tea, this is some tea.
0: To keep just, like, limited... Limited interaction sometimes is like that sounds like COVID brain to like,
1: me. No. <laughs> I mean, it might
0: be a little bit of COVID brain also, but no, that was one of the things that I missed the most when right. everything happened and pandemic went down, and it was like the store was the store was closed for a long time, like for a couple months in 2020 at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just remember saying like to everybody, just like, I miss people. Like mm-hmm. I, I love interacting with people. Um, And we're so lucky at the bookstore and just to to be working in and running a bookstore because like, at least in my experience, nobody's really coming in to begrudgingly buy their books. Right. Like I have a good time because people come in. And the space is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like St. Henry Books is really just a beautiful place to be in and to work in. Mm -hmm. So people are always really kind of just like, oh, (laughs) right off the bat. And then that's just the immediate icebreaker. And then it gets to be a really kind of nice conversation.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. I love hand selling. I have worked with, you know, like independent bookstores before. And like that is maybe my favorite thing about the business yeah. itself. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and I'm not trying to glorify everyone knows that retail sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I understand like the, where like class plays into this conversation. But like, I um, love that about that aspect of retail with bookselling. It's just so cool to me. And it's really like, like it's people, it's people asking me for recommendations too. It's friends asking mm-hmm. me. It's really not that like dissimilar. You, you Like, cause when you're a bookseller at such a small store, you're not like, An employee at a major corporation you're like literally the exact opposite so it like changes the dynamic of your like Mm -hmm. exchange of capital i don't know
0: yeah and it's also it's also a lot different than say recommending books to your friends Mm -hmm. because it's a it's a much briefer interaction it's probably somebody that you may have never met before. You may never meet again. And it's important that you still engage with that person and care about literature and make sure that this person is going to walk away also caring about literature or at least caring about what they just consumed um, and that it was an experience for them.
1: That's interesting because like if you're framing it in the way of like a customer you know, business relationship, but like I feel like that's how you approach just like all human interactions. <laughs> like personally, in my experience, like you very much come to an experience with, like, okay, I'm here, <laughs> like, like I'm here, so we're, this is gonna be good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm here, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it won't last. <laughs> like, or it's like it's a moment. It's like an exchange where it's for the now or whatever. Um, which sounds. You know, pretty similar.
0: I don't know if that paints me in a very good light. Oh no, though. I think
1: it does. Yeah, totally. Okay. You're like purely there for the good parts in a joyful way. You're just like, I want everyone to feel good. I want us all to have a good time. Yeah. I want this exchange to, you know, be rich for both of us. I'm not gonna like. It'll be like a honest human. Like most people find your way of living, Alex, exhaust. <laughs>
0: Well, that's not to say that it isn't exhausting, but I think right. it's worth it and right. that's why I enjoy retail and that's why I enjoy people is because it really is just it's a like it, if I can have an empathetic moment in my day, then like I'm thrilled, and if I can have twenty, then like even better that's just like being high um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like the same rush of endorphins right. and it's still like that thing because you walk away feeling genuinely satisfied and and I don't know we've been in this in this bookstore and in this space long enough now to kind of see I mean 3 years but like 3 years where I've had that kind of but it, it's just like like if there is a kind of exchange that's happening on a level outside of capitalism and outside of like you are giving me money and I am giving you books, like, that is more just, like, emotional and human to human, like, totally, we yeah. get that back. I get that back from my customers, and I get them back from the people in the neighborhood that, like, there are people in the neighborhood that live on the street that have, like, never even walked into the bookstore before. And I'll say, when we have full conversations out the door, like, mm-hmm. and it, and that is enriching to me. And I love that.
1: Well, I think that also comes across in the podcast is the thing is why it's such a fun project specific to like us in that way. I think we like talking to people. Yeah. Um, Especially about things that interest us.
0: (laughs) Especially about things that interest us. And we're so lucky because thus far, really, we've exclusively gotten to talk to authors that interest us and about things that interest us.
1: It's been a dream season. Yeah.
0: And I've said to a couple of the authors that I've interviewed also, just like, you know, we don't get to have this. We don't get to have in-person events and we don't even get to, you know, go to a quarterly book fair and like meet local authors Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, no book fairs or uh, book conventions, no exposine, and just, like, even that is meeting people face-to-face, and...
1: Yeah, I had a... I, had a, I was at Laurier Metro mm. through the week, like, in front of the church, remembering that the mm-hmm. last time I'd been in that church, and I got a little, <laughs> like, oh, like, I had this moment where I was like, man, I would have loved to have gone. So sad to have missed out on it. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so to jump back onto books and talking about books and talking about literature, what are you usually looking for when you're selecting books for Weird Era? Um, Like, what are you normally attracted to in a book? What do you like to be surprised by in a book?
1: um i have a thing for books about women and friendship and love and romance and marriage and contemporary everything and (laughs) the internet i really like like a friend tweeted um recently something like does everything have to be relatable and it was such a valid criticism but my immediate instinct was yeah Yeah, of course. Like, so to answer your question, like, it's pretty transparent, my taste in books. But that being said, I am also, like, b- part of that is, like, being in a space where I'm just, like, this sounds interesting and not, like, something I would like. But specifically for that reason, I'm into it. I really like to play the Kevin Bacon of game of books where, like, if I fall in love with a contemporary author, I'll read all their interviews and read all their recommendations. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do the same for those authors and those recommendations. And, you know, if someone who I think is really interesting, will casually mention a book, like I'll take the time to write it down. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, to answer your question, it's like I'm pretty transparent in that way. Um, but I guess that is a specific like mentality to have regardless. I mean, how would you describe your style of curating? You know, you were talking about how the bookstore is, is heavily curated. And I do think... Mm-hmm you do have like a taste, but I'm kind of interested to hear you describe it before I try to describe it.
0: I think you could probably describe it better than I could, but I don't think I would like the way you would describe (laughs) it. (laughs) So I'll try to do
1: it first. I feel like that's the same thing. The beauty of that is like, we just said the same thing, but in different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Like I would just, Yeah. 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 I, it's strange because the podcast and this process of selection for those books is slightly different than just what I would kind of normally be picking up. And I really am interested in how much Weird Era has also diversified my reading. Um, But I love queer stories. I love um, magic and magical realism and if there are ghosts or demons or possessions, like that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like
1: my favorite word you you've used is world building.
0: Yeah, and Your term. I mean, and I think that's kind of really relegated to like fantasy and science fiction, which are also like two genres that I really really love and mm-hmm. that I don't. The, or haven't rather really explored on Weird Era. I don't think the time has really happened yet. Um, but I would love to. I would love to have a discussion uh, with science fiction author uh, just because I love I love the genre so much, because I love world building. And if you can present me with in some kind of alternate living situation... I think this is just super super interesting and you know I'm a Harry Potter kid and I'm a golden compass kid
1: why is that interesting to you like envisioning a, a, an entirely different type kind of world or multiple different kinds I don't know is this one boring is this one <clears throat> not entertaining um
0: not necessarily and I think as I've gotten older I found this one probably more crazy than a lot of fiction and like if you kind of put us where we are in this time it's even wilder than (laughs) fiction um but i do love magic and i mean hillary liked her and i Mm -hmm. had the conversation in it on the weird era podcast for her book temporary where it's like adults are still craving um adventure stories Mm -hmm. and like we love adventure stories and like we want to find what was it she said like we want to find that magical cupboard at the back of like the closet you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. that's going to transport us to some other world and Mm -hmm. i just think that's so interesting and i also think and i'm still trying to kind of like track this question down and process it and figure out more about it Mm -hmm. um but i think specifically there's something about the millennial gay experience Mm -hmm. um, that we are attracted to, if not otherworldly stuff, then just different places and different things and apocalypse and end of the world, because there's kind of like a restructuring of the structures in place. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I'm kind of trying to figure out that and what that thread is, um, But I think it has a lot to do with just, you know, a lot of people go through mini-apocalypses every day.
1: No, I mean, I love an apocalyptic situation. Like, put it in my veins. Like, um, I just also, like, I saw another tweet that was like, Uh, You know, Sally Rooney's new book had been announced and and the book copy was announced and someone was just like, Sally Rooney's new book sounds exactly like her other two books. Put it in my veins. (laughs) And I was like, it me. (laughs) Why is it me? Still yet to be determined, but like it me. Um, and, uh, and, and and I, a lot of what you described is really appealing to me. I think that's why we're both really into made to love the TV show. I also love the book. It's a weird era pick, but I think that show is a perfect example of the way that, of the things that we both love, um, about that kind of world building.
0: It's true. You know what? I hadn't actually really thought of made for love as like a world builder of a novel because it is so reality-based kind of like it's it's pretty black mirror
1: right i never watched that yeah
0: but it's very much just like kind of technology gone awry and technology
1: but kind of at the most
0: extreme level that like it shouldn't be and people are going to abuse that inevitably but the hub itself is -hmm. a a
1: world building like the fact that there's this place Mm -hmm. that exists that's set up in this specific kind of way that it has all the parameter- parameters of the world. and um,
0: But still the outside world...
1: Exists. Exists. Yeah, totally. But that's the intersection that's so interesting. And mm-hmm. it's also, mm-hmm. like, just what is the concept of the book, of, of, you know, this idea that you can put a chip into two people's brains and they will, like, know each other, like, ultimately and intimately. And what does that mean? Like... A, it sounds terrible, yeah. but B
0: <laughs> there's
1: a I'm not saying it it sounds it's there's an interest there. Mm. The idea of fully being in another person's head, well, I don't even know what that would look like. Of course I'm curious and about I it.
0: Think, like, I was talking to you earlier tonight about Larissa Femme and mm. when I was having a conversation with Larissa Femme. Um, and she had said, you know, this is all a proxy. You and I having this interview is just, is just two people talking, but I will never know what's happening in your head. You will never know what's happening in my head. Like we're both going to just die alone eventually. So we all kind of have to deal with that. And I couldn't help but immediately relate it to made for love where I was just like, well, (laughs) like you and I don't know what each other are thinking right now, but like in this, in that universe of the book. That kind of technology is becoming readily available, and that's what's so Black Mirror about. It is just, it seems really feasible, and you know that if it was feasible, that it would get abused. But somehow,
1: I guess it's also a combination of just, um, like we talked about it. I think it's like such a stunning performance. Um, like her face is so gorgeous i want to say she's a gorgeous Mm -hmm. woman but her face is almost so cartoonish and comical like the places you can follow her in the storyline like i i'm a huge fan of the book of everything ever written by you know um nutting but i have i'm having this like really deep love for the show in a very specific way I'd have to reread the book, to be honest, to, like, make the connections. Um, And part of that is her face. Her face is just, she's, it's great. She's in great face. I
0: think it just, like, lends to the comedic timing of all of it, too. Like, she's very much the type of actress who just needs to, like, look at you a little bit sideways from this angle, and you know exactly what she's trying to convey. Yeah. And it's perfect.
1: Yeah. Totally, totally. It's such a delight. I haven't caught up on all the episodes yet. Alexa it has.
0: It's well, I mean, it's not all at the time of recording this episode of the such podcast. Such a good <laughs> It is. Uh, it is not completed, so I will be binging. But
1: read the book, guys. But highlight. definitely
0: read the book. Definitely read the book.
1: Yeah, it's a weirder pick. Um, yeah.
0: Was your process? How has your process shifted? Um, for selecting books through like the newsletter to now doing it on podcast
1: hasn't changed at all so. that's why the podcast is such a joy and such a dream i am now instead of talking to like the ether about i was reading all these books and i was like kind of just talking to whoever wanted to listen There not that many people like your friends only want to hear you talk about books like you know so many times um and uh And then the podcast was the way... I got to say also, this isn't really answered your question, but it just... It's Mm -hmm. reminding me of this. I... This... Like, the podcast would not be possible if it were not for, A, globalization. I guess no podcast would be possible. But, like, B, the specific way that, that that got defined in a pandemic year and how everything turned online, like, it opened up you know beyond montreal to us and vice versa totally um and so i think that that is also just a really cool aspect that like under different circumstances i don't know if i could have you know our own show where we reach out to people and talk to them like as easily it's just so much more easily affiliated Mm -hmm. you know just like i was saying alex Mm -hmm. is really attentive Mm -hmm. to like customers um similarly he's like he slides into dms real well (laughs) like yeah he and he built he meets people and he like he'll introduce me to like you know things that i haven't seen before that he's decided we're going to stock at the store and like you know you approach it from that kind of interest which i think is great it's it's, that's what i mean by curating yeah
0: and i mean i think that's also what curating is and that's what that's kind of what i've inevitably inevitably had to do in the past years, really just connect with people more online, which was never really the goal of St. Henry Books at all, was really to be an antithesis of all of the book stuff that was happening online in 2017, 2018, which was and still is just like Amazon taking over. Like it was crazy that people were opening a bookstore and everybody would walk in and kind of just good luck us. And So it's in a really different place now. And so the goals have kind of shifted. Um, But I think, yeah, at its center, it really has always been about connecting with people and connecting people to books. And to do that successfully, you have to um, have other perspectives. And and interact with other people. Half of the recommendations on our shelves are from customers at the store. That, Literally, like, that's if, how I start That's how we just do it. Like, if somebody's talking to me and I, I, or, like, I'm recommending a book to them and then they're saying, like, oh, this sounds like X, Y, Z. And it's like, oh, I actually don't even know what that is. So, like, let me look it up. And then immediately I'm like, yeah, this sounds amazing. Of mm-hmm. course I'm going to stock it here. Like, it, you know, it hits all of these kind of bullet points that were That we're going after. But yeah, so I think that the shift to sliding into DMs on Instagram, literally, and like tagging authors on Instagram, um, and just interacting with them that way, and other booksellers across Canada... Um, shout out to Jason Purcell at Glass Books and James at Gay Rights, who runs a virtual book club. Like, these are people that I'm like, that I've never met in real life, that I can't wait to meet in real life. And that, like, we've all kind of, we're all following each other and we're all watching what each other, what, what we're each kind of doing and up to. And so... It's been a really, really great way to continue to interact with people that are doing really interesting things in, in all aspects of the literary world. Um, and I love that.
1: I'm very grateful for the kinds of conversations that I've been able to have. Mm-hmm. Um, because I love conversations. I'm so <laughs> earnest about conversation on this episode. But truly, when I keep thinking about like what you and I most have in common in that regard because we don't read necessarily the same type of books. No,
0: I don't think at all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, which also I think is what makes for such an interesting like curation to the store. Yeah. Um, you know, we're different in personalities like uh, as any two people would be. Um, you're a Taurus. I'm a Libra. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm a Libra rising. But you so are a Libra my rising. My Libra comes out a lot. It's true. <laughs> okay, so we've had just amazing guests on Weird Era thus far. Uh, but I want to ask, like, the fun question of if you could have any three authors on the podcast, like, like their own dedicated episodes. This isn't, like, a round table. Like, you get three episodes. There's one month that's just Srooty Lottery Month where you can pick any three people that you want to talk to. And I don't know if I want to add living or dead to that. (laughs) But I think they would probably mostly be living anyways.
1: Zadie, Sheila, and Sarah Schulman. But these, I don't know, that's also like, who do you want to be at a dinner party with? Like, that's basically the same. Which, like, the list goes on and on. And, like, I am sure that there are writers that, that are just, like, completely escaping my brain right now. Um, I'm, like, literally, also, you guys don't know this, but I'm staring at my bookshelf. Like, it's just, just the way the angle of us is. It's not... I don't think this is some sort of, like, mind trick on your part. Some power move. So I'm literally looking through um, my titles and trying to think if I forgot anyone. Um, those seem like... <laughs> they track, yeah. Those
0: seem like they track. Like, yeah. Like, those are probably two or three I would have picked for you. Yeah. Okay, now what about Living or Dead?
1: I guess Daphne du Maurier, who I found out recently identified as a boy, which is really interesting and like not talked about. You think of yours too.
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of mine. <laughs>
1: if I have to play, you have to yeah. play. Um, so you also owe me three authors.
0: <laughs> <giving> <laughs> three his living authors and three dead authors.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the game. Boy. <laughs> you know what would be fun though? Let's switch it up. Alex and I also tend to talk about music. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be interested if we mix it up with, like, writers, but also musicians, to be honest.
0: Can I kill two can, birds with one stone?
1: You can do whatever you want. This is our podcast.
0: Uh, Patty Smith, definitely. <laughs> tracks. Um, So that's music and mm-hmm. books, and she's still alive. So <laughs> that's one there. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I thought of another one for me living, Danny Senza. Also, there's a bunch of Japanese writers, but, like, it's not just Impossible for Distance, but Language Barriers. Like, I read their translated works. I yeah. don't know how I could, like, converse with them. But if we could, I guess if the chip and Made <laughs> Love worked.
0: Exactly. Um. But N.K. Jemisin.
1: Oh, yeah? Okay. 100%. I yeah.
0: would love, love to talk to N.K. Jemisin because yeah. I've just devoured so much of it. And that is universe building like you want to talk world building like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah she's
0: the master she can just do no wrong for me basically so yeah um that's one
1: i also love sigrid nunes um because remember that list i made you can oh.
0: only list dead authors now.
1: oh <laughs> I don't know why. I had a really big thing for Raymond Chandler when I was in Season Up. I really That's loved Raymond Chandler answer. novels. That's a good one. I don't know. He might be an asshole. He
0: probably is a huge <laughs> asshole. So I don't
1: know if I'd want to have him on the podcast. He also might be a sweetheart. But... I find
0: that less likely.
1: I'm um, I mean, Just keep thinking of living like, you know, Mary Gates.
0: And I mean, dead authors. I guess one of them would be Sylvia Plath because I've just always been that literature kid. Yeah, I love Sylvia Plath. I love Isaac Asimov.
1: Yeah, no, actually hearing you um I realized and we did a poster about this, but Beverly clearly as a child, like mm. I ate those books up, and it would truly be such an honor to meet have met her, you know. That would have been if she had been on the podcast. Oh
0: my god. To
1: be honest. <laughs> I, I actually oh man. So I didn't really do YA. Um I don't know. I just don't remember doing YA. That wasn't, like, my experience of reading books. But, of course, there were a couple. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I had done Harry Potter or whatever. But um, there was one like preteen book I was obsessed with it was, it was by an author called Wendelin Van Dranen. and it was called Sammy Keys and the Adventures <laughs> The Adventures of Sammy Keys or something like that and she wore cons and she had like a Veronica Mars like attitude that's
0: not a real name though no what's well, the
1: author's name? Wendelin Van really Alex Nirenhausen <laughs> <laughs> it's a
0: great literary name. I
1: mean, it's who for sure. Who knows what's the kind of name? <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, I remember uh, eating those books up as a kid, mm. like being on the wait list at the library. But I, I don't really remember a lot of books. Um, like I was like the kids, the way that we see in the store, like the way that the kids, mm. <laughs> how old am I? The kids are into YA now is not how I was into books at that age.
0: Oh, me neither. I think we didn't I have was, that, yeah. We didn't have That, like, we were, I like, you know, again, I'm a Harry Potter kid, and it's very much, you know, many years ago, J.K. Rowling would have been an answer for, like, a dream guest on this podcast, and, like, that's done, you know what I mean? Like, that's over for me entirely. Um,
1: But we talk about this, but the memory you had experiencing that stuff. Yeah,
0: I think definitely, like, outweighs, and it's still that story belongs to, readers and Mm -hmm. it belongs to the people whose lives it changed Mm -hmm. Um, and what what that woman does and says doesn't need to really kind of be amplified any more than it already is so I will just continue to say that that was kind of the basis for this YA boon that we all then lived through Um, where, like, grown adults are reading YA. Like, Mm -hmm. several grown adults come to the bookstore and they pick up YA. And I'm like, yeah, you should. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to talk about world building and universe building, like, it's there in YA. Um, But I also am starting to get some customers and some young adults in particular who are much more advanced in their reading Mm -hmm. and that I find relatable because Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like reading bigger stuff when I was like 13 and 14 Mm -hmm. and you know I mean and you go a generation before that or a couple generations before that and my mom was like reading Lord of the Rings when she was like 12 and 13 and that's what Mm -hmm. all of her friends were reading and that is some dense boring ass (laughs) book like... (laughs) Like, it, it's not, it's nowhere near as engaging as what we're reading today kind of is, especially when you're 12 and 13 years old.
1: No, I mean, listen, my sister, who's nine years older than me, she raised me on, on comic books. Like, I grew up yeah. reading, like, like she collected them. Like, we would read X-Men. The first novel that I ever read was actually called The Death of Superman. And it was literally, there's like a like a noted arc in in that, in the actual comic book, but someone had turned it into a novel. And I ate it up mm. I was like this is so good um, and that was that would have been a big book for a kid like me at the time to, Yeah, like yeah, attempt yeah. to read a novel like that Yeah. Um, and then my parents would like get mad at me when I would like stay up late with the flashlight <laughs> which is like totally lame <laughs> because your kid's reading and now they brag about it they're like you know she would always just stay up and read a book yeah um but at the time i think that's like an ethnic parent thing shout out to my parents i love them (laughs) um but yeah totally i mean i i i'm just saying that i i feel like i can relate to that with with comic books my first job in publishing was at a graphic novel publishing house right um that didn't feel like Mm -hmm. a coincidence either
0: like if i'm talking about even the books that I read when I was like 12 and 13 years old. I don't think I would recommend them to kids at the bookstore. Oh, like, Dracula
1: too. I'm remembering now I, Dracula's, which Dracula is one of those. Dracula is a big one <laughs> yeah. like, for me too. Yeah.
0: I was one of my like uh, grade six graduation gifts from the teacher was a copy of Dra- Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Because they were like... You can handle it, mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading it and being like, "I guess so," but like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then my mom, of all people, <laughs> when I was like thirteen years old, handed me *One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest* and mm-hmm. uh, *Midnight Express*, <laughs> which are two like extremely intense, intense books that she was like. I read these when I was a kid and Mm -hmm. I loved them like when I was a teenager and like they got me interested in reading and they got me hooked on literature and like, Mm -hmm. you know, wild, wild stories.
1: I feel like school tried to push um, Hemingway onto me, like Old Man at the Sea. My mother also did. She got a high school degree, uh, you know, in this country when I was in high school mm-hmm. and it was interesting because she got also assigned like Hemingway <laughs> to read at the same time I did, I guess, or something. I don't, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, long story short, I thought it was so boring and I still do. I was like, I don't get it. And, you know, cause there had been such this like established, whatever reputation. Um, but similarly, you know, you take a switch. I remember reading Lolita for the first time and being like, Oh, what is this? Like yeah. what, <laughs> what, what is happening here? Oh, um, I had a French teacher in high school, Madame Tresca. Shout out, Madame Tresca. And she... She she made us read uh, Camus, like Albert Camus, uh, Albert Camus. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she made us read L'Étranger, and it was a French class, so she made us read it in French. And she really worked through the language with us. And I was like, I knew French, but I wasn't like super. I still don't mm-hmm. consider myself proficient enough to really read properly. But the way that she broke down the language to me, I was like, this is the greatest book of all time. <laughs> and I think that book that resonates in like you know my taste today yeah. makes sense. Maybe not. Um, the Death of Superman although probably a vibe of that. But um
0: That's really lucky that you had teacher who would put that much like faith in you.
1: I mean she taught a class, but if you know, it feels like she just well, no, me but, and I mean like you, <laughs>
0: like you as in the um the collective you, like
1: Yeah. yeah like she you was as students, mm-hmm. like as
0: young students. Mm-hmm. She was like, Here you go. Like mm-hmm. And the thing do is it? like
1: l'étranger it's about otherness it's about like outcasts it's about class it's about climate even it's a really
0: interesting yeah and she was to like a 14 year old that's it
1: that's it and she was just like here Mm. get ready with these ideas and you just wake up and you're like i had no idea this was even going on (laughs) like and yeah totally no um just like similarly, we can relate and we feel the same way when people ask us for books. Like I tend to get too excited. And I'm like, you have to read. <laughs> it's like people are sick of me now. They're like, yeah, yeah, another one that I have to read. Like I get it. Which fair, but like that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. If the better something is when I'm done, I'm like, you have to listen to this album. You have to watch this show. You have to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: When I think we've like, I hope that we've garnered somewhat of a reputation that people Trust us to do that, because I like your recommendations.
1: I like your recommendations.
0: <laughs> and I hope you all like <laughs> our recommendations here on Weird Era. Oh,
1: God. um, I guess that's it. You know where to find us. Thanks for listening. As always, more episodes are coming. Um, we just wanted to say hi.
0: Yeah. Yeah, really. We just wanted to, like I said at the top of the episode, we just wanted to let you guys know us better and this is also just an excuse for sruti and i to stare at each other <laughs> in the face and yeah um but yeah no yeah. this has been fun and i hope you guys had fun and i hope you liked it and and we'll see you next time with real authors and not just us
1: uh or maybe not who can say <laughs> um thanks Bye.